0: Praise the Lord. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? You may be seated if you'd like. It's wonderful to see you all here at this very special Easter morning worship service. We've had an awesome weekend so far. If you were here, you had the opportunity to be here on Friday night or Saturday night, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We had two very impactful presentations of this year's musical and drama entitled, He Look Beyond My Faults. And the title alone ministers. But if you had the opportunity to be here, you saw something very special from the music to the acting to the light of light effects. I mean, it was just an awesome time. And if it was just one person, just one person that answered the call, it would have been worth it. It's worth it if it was just one. But on Friday night alone, when I hope I'm not taking anything away from what pastor wants to share this morning, but I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm coming in on fire today. I'm, I'm, I love it. I, I have been here. You guys ministered to me and, and Friday night alone when the invitation was given more than 20 people responded. I love it so much. I came back Saturday night and when the invitation was given, around another 20 responded on Saturday night. And I have to confess, I usually sit in the front so I don't get the opportunity to do it. And it would kind of look funny if I did, but I was in the very back. And when Pastor had asked us all to close our eyes and bow our heads, to confess I didn't do that. And not look at me like, you've never done it. But... I wanted to experience, I mean, I just felt the presence of God here. And I wanted to see the people answering the call. I wanted to see the people come in to the presence of the Lord. And that's what we're here for is to bring people into the presence of the Lord. And I wanted to see that. And I saw hands shooting up all over the sanctuary, but the Lord showed me something else. There were a lot of broken people. They were broken and they were crying, but they didn't raise their hand. He showed me that those are the prodigals the prodigal mother, the prodigal sons and daughters that are coming back home. So I truly believe it wasn't just over 40 people that made a decision for Christ the first time in their life. I believe that there were multitudes of people that recommitted themselves to the Lord this weekend. There's a harvest being brought in. If you didn't have the opportunity to be here for your schedule or whatever reason, On Friday or Saturday night, I want to encourage you to make every effort to be here this morning at 11. And not only that, make every effort to get your lost loved one here at 11. Because this presentation does such a good effort at getting the message of the cross and Jesus Christ to to those that need it. It's a very powerful presentation. And today just could be the day that that person makes a decision that they're going to give their life to Christ. So I'm going to ask now, if you all would stand up with that being said, we've come this morning to give our risen King. What's his to give him worship and praise because it wasn't for him. We wouldn't be here today. So we want to give him honor because he has risen. He's overcome the grave. And because he paid the price for us, we can stand here today and stand in the gap for those that's going to be on divine appointment this afternoon 11 o'clock. We want to set the atmosphere for them because that's what we're here for. We're here to rescue the lost. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've done this week and we want to give you glory and honor, Father. Lord, for just using us to be a small part in the life of those that you've brought in this weekend. Lord, I ask that you would have your way. Lord, we've come to worship you, to honor you. Lord, and to be used by you in a very special way today. Where we celebrate our risen king. Where we love you. Have your way in this service and your way today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask this morning, please. We have a lot of ground to cover this morning. So just greet, hug on. Those people that are right around you, because we're going to get right into worship this morning. God bless you.
1: And wash away my sin (laughs)
2: Oh <laughs>
3: few moments for special prayer. If you have a need today, you'd like to trust and have faith and to believe that God hears you and that according to his precious word by faith as we stand on his promises, he will perfect that work in your life. You may have come with trials. You may have come with tribulation. You may be coming today with sickness. of all of it amen how many would you say I have a special need pastor an unspoken need all over the congregation the Lord knows this morning we want to pray And as we pray I want us to pray for the state of Israel I want us to pray for Christians around the world that God will keep his hand on them this is the job of those of us who believe to stay true to God's Word to his promises he says you're blessed when you seek the good of israel amen let's go before him in prayer this morning father as we come we thank you for those lives that have been transformed over this weekend lord we are believing that even in this hour someone will come to know you as their lord and their savior i pray that you will touch in this service and anoint every song anoint the word anoint our altar time And Lord, we just pray that your design, your will and purpose for this weekend will be accomplished without fail. And Lord, for every hand that is lifted up where there are circumstances and concerns, trials, troubles, Lord, we ask you to minister to those needs. You said to cast all our care on you because you love us, you care for us. We trust in you, Lord. We acknowledge that our help comes from you so lord we're believing by faith in the name of jesus christ for every need to be met according to your riches and glory touch your people today minister to each need and lord we pray as a congregation for the state of israel we ask you to keep your hand upon the borders on the families the mothers and fathers the sons and daughters of israel lord we seek their good and ask you to bless them anoint and touch their leaders and be with them especially In this very detrimental hour in world history and politics, we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray for our friends, our brothers, and our sisters around the world this morning. Perhaps those, God, that are in fear and hiding this morning as the sun would come up wherever they are, God, that they would go through another day of stress, wondering what this day will hold for them as Christians. We ask in the name of Jesus, your protection. Lay over them, God, the banner of your love and glory. Let them sense and feel your presence and know the angels are set before them and behind them. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ as we stand united together as one family under the cross of Jesus Christ. We give you the honor today for this wonderful Easter morning. We thank you for the hope that we have in our hearts. We thank you for the truth of the resurrected Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone agreed and said amen amen, amen. turn to somebody look at him and say you're looking mighty fine today now some of you didn't mean it <laughs> you may be seated Luke chapter 24 now upon the first day of the week very early in the morning they came unto the sepulchre sepulcher, sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead can i hear an amen you are awake this morning the angels looked at the ladies and said he is not here he is risen greatest message this church has to this community, to every man and woman, boy and girl, is that Jesus Christ died, and on that cruel cross, He took the sins of the entire world. But the greatest part of that message is that He is alive. He has risen, and He has conquered death, hell, and the grave for you and I to experience eternal life and salvation that is what Resurrection Sunday Easter is all about thank you for being here at this early morning service we'll look forward to seeing some of you at 11 o'clock as the place will be packed again Richard was telling me this morning well over 1500 people have already been through the building this weekend and we're looking for another record this afternoon but we're just believing that the Number one reason and the number one thing that we've put all this together, every light put in place and every rock painted is that people will come to the saving knowledge that Jesus Christ is real, he is alive, and that he can be their savior. And they will know that truth for themselves, amen? Our ushers are coming to give you an opportunity to give today, and as they do, we're remembering We're remembering what Christ has done for us. This whole weekend is kind of like a communion. Because if you remember, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, as oft as you drink this bread and eat, eat this bread and drink this cup, said you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Whenever we remember, whenever we memorialize and go back over, the gospel message and we look at what Christ has done for us. It's a way of sweet communion with the Lord himself. I want you today as you give to give not an offering. I want you to give if you've come prepared to do so. I want you to give as a memorial and as thanksgiving to what the Lord has done for you. How many of you would say I am blessed this morning? Amen. Amen. I speak it alongside of you, and I know that he has all of me, and I want him to use me and to use everything that I have. So as we give in our gifts today, let's give as a memorial to him and what he's done. Father, we ask your blessings, your strength and your grace to cover every heart and every life. Bless those who are ready and about to give, and God bless those who couldn't give today. I pray in the name of Jesus, you will honor this gift as a memorial to what you've done for us. We give you the praise, we give you the honor, and we thank you, Lord, for it all. In the name of Jesus, amen.
4: John, you found us. We've been hiding here since Jesus was arrested in the garden. Oh, the city is in chaos. I wasn't sure I could find you. As soon as Jesus died, there was an earthquake and the temple was destroyed. We buried Jesus in the tomb a little while ago. And everyone else is in hiding too. Judas? I'm so sorry to tell you, my brothers. He just couldn't handle the guilt from betrayal and he hanged himself outside of the city walls. How could Judas betray Jesus like that?
0: Hey, I'm no better. I failed Jesus too. Now he's, he's
3: dead and I, I can't ask for his forgiveness. I should have been there defending him. But no, I turned and ran just like everybody else, denied the denied to some that I even knew him. We
4: all failed Jesus, Peter. He said that when the shepherd was struck, that the sheep of the flock would be scattered. We scattered. But you, John, you were with him to the very end. I ran too. But then I couldn't bear to leave him after the trial. His death, his death was a sight I would never forget. He was beaten so badly, covered in blood from head to toe, that he was unrecognizable. And as he struggled to breathe on the cross, he asked God, To forgive all those who put them up there. So, Peter, don't be so upset. God loved you very much. Do you remember what He said that when you fail, you would come back to strengthen your brothers? You are here with us, and we need your leadership.
3: stand to your feet this morning. Now I know it's early. It's nine o'clock, a little after nine o'clock in the morning. I know it's early for some folks, but let me ask you something. Do you have enough shout inside of you this morning to raise the roof, thankful for what the Lord has done for you, for what he's done for you? He saved you. How many of you are saved this morning? You've been born again by the blood of Christ. We ought to come in here this morning ready to shout. I think we ought to come in here this morning realizing it's not about us. It's about what He did. We can get it, we ought to get up at the crack of dawn in order to praise Him on Resurrection Sunday. I'm so glad that you're here. Hundreds and hundreds didn't decide to come to this service, but you did. So you're here and you mean business. So I want you to turn in your word. If you would, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter one. Gonna read verse 18 to 25. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 18 through 25. There are many people in the world, they don't understand what your worship is about. They don't understand why you get excited singing about the blood or singing about a cross. They don't understand what all the fuss is about and why there's so much in our hearts that, that celebrates celebrates the cross of Christ 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 kind of talks a little bit about that listen to what it says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the wisdom and understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, And the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men let's pray father on this Easter Sunday morning I am overwhelmed with your presence I feel you so strong in this place I pray that over the next few minutes I will completely disappear that i will hide behind this cross my lord your work will be accomplished in this hour for every person who's walked through the doors of this church i pray that all of us will leave with a deeper understanding and an intimate desire and hunger for you more than we've ever had before i pray in these last days of 2015 as lord we know we're as soon approaching your coming where history will yet be made again Pages of your word will come alive I pray that you will touch us today Lord we desire to be right on the front line of what you're doing in the world and I pray for us today And I prayed in the name of Jesus and everyone said amen amen God bless you you may be seated an old song says on a hill Far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I laid down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown the symbol of Christianity you know most every philosophy or religion that's been on the face of the earth and most organizations of any kind they've all got something that symbolizes who they are the Buddhists have what they know what they call the lotus flower Judaism has the Star of David Islam carries a crescent moon Even in this century, the communists had the hammer and the sickle. The Nazis had the swastika. In our present day, we know symbols in politics, with the Democrats being donkeys and the Republicans being elephants. The symbol of the Christian church, however, honestly, it doesn't really fit with what most of society would define as a positive symbol to represent what they believe and who they are. For several generations, Christianity didn't even have a symbol. There was no right symbol. There was greetings. There were were ways that they greeted one another. There were secret kind of things they did In order, because of the persecution that they were under, they they lived under constant persecution. They lived in the beginning. They weren't on the right side of the track, so to speak. So Christianity was something that, that you knew a brother or you knew a sister by certain signs. And one of the things that they would do, if you remember, they would first declare to one another, Jesus is Lord. They would speak that to one another. And they would also do things like make the sign of a fish. You've heard the ichthus means Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In times of persecution, you could find in the catacombs of Rome, you would find that there were drawings on the walls where they would literally just draw Bible stories, and they would put them all out on on the walls there, and you can go, and you can literally see them to this day. They drew pictures to represent their beliefs, their Christianity, their symbolism. It wasn't until the second century that Someone came up with the cross. It was a Constantine's empire that there were mentions of the cross as being something significant. The cross, a pretty strange symbol, really, if you think about it. Talk to any marketing firm or any kind of marketing sales group or any kind of person that's in business, and, and they'll say to you that the cross would probably be the last symbol they would put down and try to use for Christianity. I mean, think about it for a minute. Do you know what the cross represented? We have kind of gotten away from truly sometimes, especially in modern day Christianity, we've gotten away from understanding exactly what it means. And on this Easter Sunday morning, it's probably not, to be honest, going to be preached in too many Easter services we've moved away from those things that are offensive. We've moved away from the things that they tell us in the business world as they've connected themselves to the church. Church growth experts tell us that these are not the ways to build a modern day church. The cross meant crucifixion. It meant death. It was hated in the first century. It was something that people they, they didn't they didn't talk about at the dinner table it wasn't common language it wasn't something they they sat around and discussed. It was kind of left for for private conversations only in time of despair when they have a loved one or someone going through something like this. you know it wasn 't even like the modern day capital punishments that we have today the, they 're designed whether it be the electric chair or or it be you know they they give you shots, and they, they give you things that you know, try to ease the pain, and they try to make death quick. The cross was designed to actually prolong your death, to prolong your agony. It was there to try, to try to make you pay for what you had done. It was a guarantee of a slow death. It wasn't going to come easy or quickly. Many of them were left on the cross for days and days until there was nothing left of them. The idea of the cross being a symbol of Christianity. The very notion that this is logical in any way, it never has sat right with most anyone. You ask modern day philosophers and scientists and even the atheists who spend a lot of time attacking Christianity and one of the big arguments that they all have is that they can't believe we worship a man who died on a cross. There was a German philosopher. His name was Nietzsche. He called Christianity a religion for weaklings. He mocked the idea of a God who could be crucified. But yet this man who spent his life writing books and writing articles to try to tear down Christianity, to call it a mockery and to call it a shameful disappearing of logic, this same man spent his whole life so absolutely just inundated with those thoughts obsessed with them, That on his deathbed, all he could talk about was crucifixion, how he felt like he was being crucified. And he would ask for paper, and he would write, and he would write all kinds of things about Christianity on his deathbed. They called his writings, if you've ever found them, they called them the writings of a madman. He was diagnosed as having gone insane. But yet he was obsessed his whole life with the notion that we would follow a man who died on the cross. A God who died on the cross. Who could die on a cross. Years ago, Josh McDowell was in a symposium, in a debate. He was going up against a Muslim uh, uh, apologetics guy. and this, this gentleman and he were going back and forth, and as they were going back and forth, finally the, the Muslim got, a, got irritated, and he looked at him and he said, Christians are riding on the back of a crucified man. Josh McDowell smiled and looked over at him and said, you know what? You're right. We're riding on the back of a crucified man and he's going to carry us all the way to heaven. We are. It's illogical. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem to be the the, the proper kind of symbol for what we believe and what we stand for. The cross is about a God who dies on the cross to, to save us, to, to bring redemption to our lives, to touch us and to transform us and to renew us in our lives. That's why Christianity is so foreign to so many people around the world, and yet they can't get away from it. They can't get away from its message. They can't get away from the Spirit of God that literally works in the earth to bring this message constantly alive to them. You see, the cross to the world is a symbol of disgrace. But to those of us who have encountered Jesus, who have accepted Him into our life, it's a symbol of saving grace. It's a symbol of our redemption. It's a symbol of the price that was paid for our sins. The cross is offensive. We read in verse 23 of that same chapter there, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. They're making it clear. Paul writing here is making it so clear. Nobody gets it. Only those who've encountered Christ will get it. There are many people in the world that won't understand your faith. They don't understand your commitment. They don't understand why you're sold out to the message of the cross. They can't logically explain why you've went off such a deep end. Don't be such a fanatic. Don't be so caught up. But to those of us who know, we realize that he found us when we were lost. He found us when we were shipwrecked. He found us when our minds and our hearts were thinking and walking in one direction. And he turned and changed our walking in the right direction. He gave us a brand new set of clothes, as Bishop Holder preached last Sunday. He gave us a whole new outlook and gave us a brand new heart, transformed our minds. And so we understand what this cross means. The cross was torture and torment. It was something that represented a sacrifice. And the reason it was a stumbling block to the Jews. I mean, have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is it that God's chosen people on the earth did not accept the Messiah when He came? That's because in the world all of us were constantly looking for someone to come along and save us we're coming we're looking for something to come along a, a leader a king a president somebody that will turn things around we're always looking for a leader the jews were looking for a messiah they were looking for a messiah but their ideology of a messiah was that he would be a king that he would be a political leader that's why they hailed him with palm branches And they laid down their coats whenever he came through Jerusalem on the triumphal entry. Boy, the crowd was calling his name. The crowds were thronging to be near him. They wanted Jesus because in that moment he represented a king. But within a few days, it shows how very fickle the world is. Within just a few days, they completely turned their thinking. And now they were part of the crowd's standing outside of Pilate's Hall crying crucify him he didn't look like a king he didn't act like one he couldn't be a God he must be a fake he must not be the one to the Jews the cross was a stumbling block it stood in their way they couldn't see past it and to this day they're still looking for a leader they're still looking for a messiah oh I wish I could tell them how we felt the presence of the Lord in this place this morning I wish they could just sit in his presence a few minutes when she was singing about this blood this blood, this blood that redeems us, this blood that sets us free, that he conquered the grave through that blood, that blood brought transformation to my life and to yours. I wish they could know that. But the cross stands in their way instead of standing there as a drawing card for them. It stands as a wall for them. He didn't come to be a political leader. He didn't come to bring a coup and to come against the Roman emperors, the oppressors. He he wasn't coming on the scene to try to set up a new kingdom. He wasn't planning on moving into Caesar's palace. Jesus came with a whole different agenda. His mission was to leave the Father and to come to this earth. His desire was to seek and to save that which was lost. All he cared about was the people. He didn't care about governments. He didn't care about thrones on earth. He already had one. He didn't care about the riches of this world, the wealth of this world. He didn't care about making this life something amazing. What he was wanting to do was secure for you and I eternal salvation in his heaven where we would know the beauties and the wonders of real majesty and we would know what a real king looks like. Because a real king doesn't order and govern and push people around a real king. A real king like we have is one filled with love and compassion and he gave his life so that you and I could experience his kingdom. Oh, he was a king. He is a king. The Bible says he's king of kings and Lord of lords. He's the most famous individual, the most famous person that's ever walked the face of this earth. There is no other leaders. There are no other presidents. There are no celebrities from Hollywood that can match the person of Jesus Christ who walked this earth. Celebrity of celebrities. Famous of famous. And yet, Stuart, this very morning, he spoke with me. He communed with me. I got up this morning and I I talked to him. I know the most famous person who ever lived. And so do you. And don't you ever, for a minute, doubt that he's not a king. He's a king. He's a Lord. He's a savior. And oh, one day we know in Revelation, the Bible talks that the Jews will come to their senses and we pray for them. We seek their good. and We pray that God protects them for there'll be a day when many of them will turn. And one of the greatest revivals that will ever hit this earth But I'm going to tell you Jesus didn't come to be a political leader to conquer the Roman Emperor's he came to bring a spiritual revolution and to overthrow someone much more dangerous than the Roman Empire he came to thwart the very evil where it came from and originated from he came to overthrow Satan's Dominion and his power He has come with a different agenda. So he wasn't interested when the devil tempted him. He wasn't interested in the kingdoms of this world. He wasn't interested in the fame that would come with it. He wasn't interested in testing and proving God. He he already knew his mission. He already knew his agenda. That's why he told people when he would heal them, he would look at them and he would say, whatever you do, tell no man what has happened to you. Why? Because he didn't care about all that. He wasn't looking for personal uh, pat on the back. He wasn't looking for there to be any kind of fame or his name to be up in lights. He was on a mission and he was on an agenda, and I love the fact that the Lord has never detoured from his mission. He's never looked left or to right, but he's kept his eyes on the prize for him. He tells us through the Word of God that we're to keep our eyes on the prize and to keep pressing, forgetting those things that are behind. He practices what he preaches. I'm so thankful from the moment he hit Bethlehem all the way to the cross at Calvary, where he said it is finished, he was working on an agenda and a mission, and guess what? You and I were that mission. We were the agenda of Calvary. We were the reason he went to the cross. And that beautiful story is why the cross is our symbol of faith. The world thinks it's crazy. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's an example of what this might look like would be, let's say we, we hung a hangman's noose up in front of our church I mean it didn't make sense that's why the Greeks the Gentiles they said this doesn't make sense it's ridiculous I mean we might as well put a, a guillotine out here in the middle of the floor and everyone decorate it with lights and put flowers around it I mean the world the ancient world thought this was ridiculous A cross? Crucifixion? Death? They simply could not imagine a Messiah, a God, being crucified on that cross. But you and I know He was a Lord who was filled with compassion and love and willing to pay the price. The Bible says for the wages of sin, the darkness of sin, the price of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God that comes to every one of us, but I said it last night and I'll say it this morning, don't ever think that just because it's a gift that it wasn't very expensive. For heaven bankrupt its throne as the Son of God Himself left their quarters. Have you ever wondered what it was like the morning, the afternoon, whenever it was that Jesus was Bidding his farewell to heaven, and he was going down to the mission on earth. You ever thought about that? I I do. Wonder what kind of ceremony. Wonder what kind of celebration. What what kind of what kind of gathering was there? What kind of send off did he get when he walked out of that heavenly corridor there to come to earth to become a man? We look at that, and we scratch our heads and we say he couldn't he couldn't have come that way but he did he came for you and me he came to touch our lives and it was expensive it's not free it can't be treated so carelessly and callously the modern philosophers of today the church church growth experts of today. They do their very best. I preached about this two Sundays ago at our church. They do their very best to tell us about how we're supposed to tone this down. We're supposed to water this down. We're supposed to take out of our hymn books and our praise and worship songs, anything that has to do with the blood. Well, i thank thankful for Gary and the choir this morning. Several songs had nothing but the blood written all over it thankful that we do that this morning but they try to tell us that we need to remove those things those are offensive it's offensive all we hear about is offensive as if they can't even hear their own words as if they have not been in the word of God themselves and literally found those words coming off the page right in front of them there is no grace without the cross there is no redemption there is no gospel there is no heaven without the blood there is no sacrifice if there isn't crucifixion. We've got to remember the awful price that was paid for us. We've got to remember that it wasn't just a man dying on a tree. It wasn't just a man being crucified by Pilate. It was a man who took on all the sins of the entire world. There on that cross in the darkness of the sky and the earthquake around, the lightning and the thunder, there was a moment when God could not even look upon His own Son. They knew this. They knew it was going to happen, but there's nothing like being in the moment. And in that moment where God literally looked upon His Son and He saw the, all the sins of the entire world, I might add, yours and mine, when he looked upon that sin he could not look anymore and in that moment that's when that's when Jesus truly knew what sin does oh we coddle it we play with it we keep it a secret and we hide it we think we're gonna be all right We spend a lot of time patting each other on the back, talking about how it's okay, God's grace, God's grace. Can I just say something here and I might get in trouble? Because I love grace. Grace is amazing. The grace of God is a gift and it's a beautiful thing. But some folks abuse grace and make it a license to live any old way they want to. Grace. Grace. Grace came to us through the cross. When God bestows grace upon you and I, He is looking through the cross. I am am given grace. I am given mercy. Because God sees this before He sees me. And when He sees this right here, when he sees the sacrifice of his son when he sees what's happened here, that's when I can get on my knee and I can bow and I can say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me. And God, the God, the Father of heaven and creator of the whole universe looks down on me and he says, you don't deserve that. You have turned your back. You have sinned and you have fallen short of the glory. He says, but I see something that reconciles you to me. And that's my son. And this precious cross, when he sees this cross, he knows this was the price that was paid. This takes care of every penalty. This takes care of every wage that is necessary for the sins of the entire world. Oh, don't ever get tired of singing about the cross. Don't ever get tired of hearing a preacher preach about the cross. It's that old rugged cross that brings the salvation to our hearts. It's the rugged cross that'll change the life of that drug addict and that person that's glossed in sin and adultery that that stuff they can't get free from there's no way to think it the wisdom of the Gentiles didn't work It wasn't strong enough. They tried their best, but they can't think it through. They can't work it out. They can't talk it out. They've got to do only one thing. There's one road. Jesus looked at the disciples and at Thomas, and he said, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Through this old rugged cross. Don't ever get tired of hearing it. Don't ever get weary of hearing about the cross. It changes your whole life. It gives you a brand new set of clothes. It makes that, takes that old heart and turns it and takes it out. The Bible says a stony old heart and puts in a brand new heart. You're made a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. This is the power of the cross. And oh, that comes in a message of Grace. Grace that once was lost but now is found grace that saves a wretch like me the understanding of what it means Ephesians chapter 4 and 22 says that you put off concerning your former conduct and the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Many of them will tell you, man, just get up and keep plugging. Keep trying. Just keep trucking. Just keep doing your best. Just keep on keeping on. Don't worry about nothing. Don't ever try to be anything. Man, we are to do what Paul said. Paul said, I die daily. I take this life and I crucify it every morning so that I will be found in his company when he comes. I'm not in interested and somebody telling me I'm okay. I know better. I knew when I needed Christ. I knew at a young age when I stood there and I heard the preacher preaching, and I knew I needed to get things right. I wasn't there wrestling with, "Well, I'm okay. Well, I can do this and I can do that." You know, in that very moment, all I could think about was that I want to give everything that I am, take this old man, and give me something new because I don't like where I've been. I want to go in a new direction. I want to turn my life around, and it can't through more schooling, more education, a better job, a pretty wife, or all the things that this world would try to give me. what The only thing that ever made a difference in my heart and life was on the day, July 2nd, 1981, when I bowed at an altar, and I said, Jesus, I need you. In that moment, man, everything changed. The lilies came up in my life, and I found Easter was alive in me. That is what happens no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth Matthew chapter 9 verse 16 on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved when Jesus died on the cross he turned around and he sent word all down through hell and heaven and said, from this moment forward, there is a brand new sheriff in town and everything is going to fall under grace. The law could not accomplish in its sacrifices and in its blood, could not accomplish the perfect will of God. But on the cross that day, the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world when he said it is finished he gave us a brand new life the potential when you receive Jesus is that you literally bring the old man to him and you lay it down and when you rise up you are brand new I remember the night I got saved. I remember that I sat there and I wrestled for 10 minutes. I don't want to give this up. I I don't want well, I wonder if this is wrong. I, I don't want to give these friends up. I don't want to. I wrestled, and I wrestled, and I wrestled. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit was just touching my heart and doing a work inside me. I knew I needed something. I knew I needed changed. I knew I needed redemption. I knew I needed forgiveness. I knew I had failed in every way possible. I had, I had wore God out with my prayers, trying to live right in myself. I couldn't do it in myself. And here I am, face to face, with true repentance. And at one point I just remember I broke. It's like this fight about ripped the seat in front of me in two. I'm telling you, it's it's a big decision. It's a big decision. But I remember I stood up, and the moment I stood up, it was like, seriously, you've seen the old shows with The devil's on one side and an angel's on the other. I sat there in this wrestling match. Civil war was going on. And I remember when I stood up, I felt an instant relief. And I began to walk. And as I took one step and I took 20, And I got down to the front. By the time I got there, tears were streaming down my face. I looked at the preacher standing there and he could tell, I didn't say a word, but he said words I'll never forget. He said, my Lord, son, the Holy Ghost is all over you. And all I said was, I know. (laughs) I knelt down and I cried and I repented. I said, Lord, I'm broke. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing good in here. I've tried and tried and tried. I've worked at it. And God, I have failed every time. I failed my family. I've disgraced my family. I've embarrassed myself. I have lived this secret life. I, Lord, I'm hanging out with these folks on Friday. And my mom and daddy don't even have a clue. Lord, I'm done. I'm done. And I sensed His Spirit as He took my repentance. And when He did, He turned around and it's like He just poured something all over me. And down inside my heart, I felt joy, I felt release, I felt happiness i felt like i had been completely set free and i got up and i went back to my chair sat there next to a friend and all i could do was laugh i sat there and just laughed the whole time pam was my friend she looked over at me she said what are you laughing at And i said i cannot believe how hard And how much I argued and wrestled in this seat a few minutes ago. And now, I feel light as a feather. And I feel like I ain't got a problem in the whole world. And I don't even want any of that other stuff I was trying to bargain for. He washes, cleanses. He makes us brand new changes us from the inside out you don't have to live with sin you no longer are underneath the weights of sin you literally are given you're given grace grace unmerited favor undeserved grace strength strength every time you get up. Every time you fall, you get right back up. It's grace that helps me to be able to stand up every time. The grace of God is the love of God poured out in blood through Calvary's cross. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame how i love that old cross, where the dearest rest and blessed, for a world of lost sinners was slain. Sing it out if you know it. So I'll
1: cherish the old rugged Rose
3: Thank you, Lord. Till Til my trophies at, trophies at last I lay down. I oh, I will cling, cling to the old. change it someday for a crown with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning on this Easter Sunday morning in 2015 just prior to the coming of the Lord I believe we're living in the last days I believe the Lord is just at the door I believe he's coming so very soon and you've got to make a decision on what you're going to do with the cross of Calvary the cross of Christ you've got to make a decision Christians are now being killed all over the world 150 of them last week several over the last couple of months numbers are, are larger than we could count people living in fear hiding in caves living all around this world in fear because they name the name of Christ and here you stand today here you are today in church on Sunday morning Easter what decision have you made concerning Jesus Christ if you were put to the test and if someone stood in front of you today this morning what could you say I did a funeral just the other day I knew the man was saved I knew he'd accepted Christ into his life and I looked at the congregation I said we have such comfort knowing that this gentleman stands in the presence of God this morning we know he had made his reservation we know that he accepted Christ he followed Christ he served the Lord brings comfort to this family this morning because they know where he is he stands in the presence of the Lord but I looked at the people and I said what will they say about you what will be the testimony over your life? What will be the legacy over your life? I'm not going to beg you. The Holy Spirit is either doing a work in you this morning or he's not. You have either accepted or rejected. You, are put, you have put yourself in position to receive or you have not. Now I know the Holy Spirit is very concerned today. If you don't know Christ, that you would know him before you leave this house. Christians, would you pray with me? Lord, I believe you today. Touch every person under the sound of my voice. Lord, if they don't know you, I pray that you'd touch their heart, that you'd speak to their heart, that, Lord, they wouldn't dare play games with religion. Because, Lord, it's not about that. You didn't come to be an organization. You didn't come to be a church. You didn't come, Lord, to just live out a religion. You came, Lord, to bring a spiritual revolution a change a transformation to the lives of the people you come to save us so Lord I pray that you would touch every heart right now Holy Spirit touch them if they need you this morning I pray against every hindrance every obstacle that Lord they'll pray a prayer to receive you even today and there's no greater honor to Easter it's no greater honor to your sacrifice and to the Calvary that we love and we sing about this morning, than for them to give their life to you. So as you stand here today, just between you and us, you and me, I'm looking, and you and God, who needs Jesus? We're going to pray a prayer. It isn't a magic formula, it's it's just a prayer to help you. If it don't come from your heart, it's worthless and meaningless. But right here, right now, heaven can come alive inside your heart. I'm gonna ask you if you're willing and you're ready to pray this prayer, young or old. If you need Jesus this morning, would you just slip your hand up right now and right back down. We're going to pray together. Amen. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. I see you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hands up all over the congregation. Is there anyone else at all? Don't leave here without Christ. God bless you. Christians are praying with me. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. The Holy Spirit working in your heart. Is he working in yours? I wanna see you in heaven. God bless you, son. I wanna see you in heaven. All right. You can look at me. We're going to pray a prayer, gotcha amen we're going to pray this prayer right here right now Make it an altar right at your seat it's just the beginning we've got a discipleship booth right out here in the lobby when we pray this prayer as you're leaving today I'd like you to go by there they're going to give you a bible just shake your hand ain't going to make you pay anything or give anything just want to shake your hand and make a contact with you and give you a free bible then we wanna help you. We've got classes and small groups where we can get you locked in and help you to grow. The Bible says in Ephesians that we'd be rooted and grounded in the love of God. We want to help you. But we're going to pray a prayer right now. This prayer prayed from your heart, with your mouth, confession and belief. The Bible says you'll be a brand new born again Christian. So I'm believing right now all the hands that were lifted. Let's get ready and church, will you help us? Let's pray together, dear Jesus, come into my heart forgive me of my sins I accept you into my life I declare your Lord you're the son of God you died on the cross for me you rose from the dead you purchased my salvation I need you to be my Savior I believe it in my heart I confess you with my mouth So according to your precious word, with sins forgiven, I'm saved. I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Would you help me to celebrate for those? Thank you for being with us today. We do invite you in 30 minutes to come back and be with us for the presentation, He looked Beyond My Faults. Going to be a good day but if you're leaving and you've already been to the program then i pray you have a great day today talk about the resurrection with your family talk about it with your friends just enjoy the whole day celebrating what he's done for you and for me amen god bless you today